I'm creator and host Kat Lively, and welcome to Calling Old Hollywood, the podcast where because of the future, the past will not be forgotten. For more updates, news, and information, visit callingoldhollywood.com. And don't forget to visit the YouTube channel where you can watch the podcasts and step back in time with me as I take you to classic Hollywood and historic locations. Without further ado, I bring you this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host. What's my name? Cat Lively. I'm happy. I think I've found my place. Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host, Kat Lively, and my guest this week is the incredible, legendary Edward Culver. Speaking of old, here hey, I am. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? For all of the viewers, listeners, people tuning in right now, um, Edward, you are one of the most incredible photographers, like, ever. Most what? Most incredible photographers, oh. you know. Well, thank you, thank so you. All of the music photography, it, 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 the punk rock scene, you you caught some of the most iconic punk images in existence. Well, thank you. Well, he's, I mean, uh, you know this. I know, he's, well, <laughs> um, I have a lot of stuff nobody's seen yet. I have so many more photographs. You know, people think I did a lot of punk photos, and it's like you've seen a drop in the bucket of them. Jesus. You know, are you, so, so are you going to publish these? That's what I'm working on currently is yeah. doing another book. And I want it to be like a big fat book of all my punk photos. I'm hoping to put them like literally all of them in there. I would kind of like to do something like 30 dead Kennedy photos. Oh and, you know, like 25, 30 pictures of Black Flag, different group phones, live ones, different yeah. things. And, and that type of thing is what I'm hoping to do. And all the way down to like all these bands like... The rim pest and you know I keep joking about the rim pests. I got pictures of them. Who's heard of them? Mm-hmm. You know I didn't just photograph the big stars and they weren't even big stars or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. When I was photographing them, they were you, pretty you, unknown. You were just, you were there in in the thick of everything. So capturing all of these photographs, I want to hear the origin stories. How did you discover punk rock? How did you get into photography? Where did it all begin? Um, I heard a news report about some kind of like a new music scene or something mm-hmm. um, back in the days when I watched television. Um, I didn't watch television for 25 years because there's commercials on there and you know my home is a sanctuary and I wouldn't allow auditory or visual pollution to enter my environment. I was like adamant about it. When they used the uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine. Mm-hmm. For the California Dancing Raisins, I honestly got up and walked over and shut it off, and it was like I quit watching it. it yeah, like, I like that's it. The raisins did it for you. Yeah, I wasn't going to think of some product when I heard a song that I liked. That one wasn't anywhere near a favorite or anything. It was a good song, but yeah, you know, but I was like not going to think of your product. And I'm really glad I did that. I tuned out of that stuff a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. But um, I saw a news report on. Uh, 
you know, the news and uh, went down and like I went to actually to Madame Wong's mm -hmm. and, you know, I saw the Robert Stoddard band, I think, and uh, I saw the motels. Yeah. I liked the early motels. They were really cool. They weren't a punk band, but they were, they had a lot of, you know, they were cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I started hearing, you know, I only went to Madame Wong's maybe four or five times, mm -hmm. six times at the most. But like the Hong Kong Cafe opened up and booked punk shows and I was over there. I always made a huge distinction between punk and new wave. For some reason, they, uh, you know, they get used in the same sentence and it's like, it does, there's, why? You know, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's like country and punk. It's the same difference in my mm -hmm. opinion. They didn't relate. They were going on the same time, but that shouldn't get them thrown into a, you know, a sentence together, in my opinion. Yeah, completely. They're totally different things. So what was it about punk rock that really struck you? Um, I grew up liking uh, heavy underground psychedelic music mm -hmm. and then didn't go out much in the 70s and in the 80s. You know, I saw this punk stuff and it was like, it was amazing energy and just really cool stuff and there was nobody there to see it. and. That wasn't necessarily what made me, you know, want to take photographs of it. Yeah. That, that wasn't necessarily inspiration. Like, somebody else has got to see this. I was just like, no, I was having fun. And I was shooting pictures with my friend Robert Hill. Mm -hmm. And we set up a dark room at my house and we're, you know, printing pictures. And they were getting used all the time. And it was really fun, you yeah. know. And, and I never would have imagined that it would become the history that it has. It, that just blows my mind. Like nobody gave a damn about it. They didn't care about anything about it. Right. Didn't want to hear about it. You know, just, I don't know. That's what I love though. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like magic happens when you least expect it. You weren't doing it for like some ulterior motive. You weren't doing it to be popular or to be let. You were doing it because you enjoyed it. You were having fun. Yeah. It was just, you know. Well, my... Um, Lifelong, like I've been an art nut ever since I was a little kid, and uh, my lifelong interest in art and studying and doing all forms of applied art. I never studied art history. I only paid attention to art that spoke to me. Yeah. And I concentrated That's on cute. those, you know. Like I've said it before, like Tyson is an amazing painter, but it doesn't speak to me at all. It's like he's great, but it's like yawn. I don't, yeah. I don't care. It's kind of interesting. I, I like a lot of uh, art after the advent of uh, photography, mm -hmm. like modern art. I like Egyptian art and then mostly modern art when the uh, the painters got it knocked out of a job for rendering people and landscapes, <laughs> kind of, because the camera could do it better in, yeah. a, in, in an essence. But then they started doing abstractions. You know, there's Hieronymus Bosch that did all kinds of amazing stuff centuries ago, but in general, it's like, I like modern art. And, Mm -hmm. Which is funny because it came after the advent of photography, basically. What specifically? Because there were a million things you could have you could have made films, you could have done music yourself, <laughs> like you know. But you, you know, what was it that you, that you know you decided photography? I wanted to take. Photos. Well, that was kind of a weird thing. I did, it sort of just happened rather organically, I guess. Mm -hmm. That best things do. A, a friend of mine came over and brought a 35 millimeter camera. I'd never worked with one. I'd never had any thoughts of doing photography and actually hadn't paid that much attention to it as a medium even. I was more, you know, I was doing woodworking and ceramics and design and painting and, you right. know, all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, so when I got a hold of a camera, you know, I just started to, like, my friend came over and I'd never shot with one. We took some pictures in the yard and around the room, you know, pretty terrible. But, you know, and then right after that, I ended up getting a, just a really cheap, junky 35 millimeter camera and started going to punk shows and started taking it with me. And it all just kind of, you know, happened. And, uh, and then due to collecting my style of antiques. Yeah, which is amazing. Which is the antithesis of the punk scene. But, you know, I've come home after punk shows and sit down in this environment and listen to Eric Satie's music and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's total shifting gears. Completely. Um, but I, I inadvertently, uh, these fellow arts and crafts period collectors invited me over for dinner and they had their brother-in-law and sister or something over there and they said, hey, we heard you've been taking pictures and this is like... <clears throat> close to the end of 78 or something when I started taking pictures and so I brought some and I brought one of uh, Johanna went from the Hong Kong Cafe mm-hmm. and uh, my friends relatives were writers for BAM magazine mm-hmm. and they said oh we're doing an article on Johanna went can we use her photo and I was like yeah cool sure right. cool <laughs> you know and like right sad. after I started taking pictures I started getting them published and, and that was real inspiration. It's kind of like, oh, this is cool. Did you have any uh, like influences in photography that you kind of uh, took any creative license from for your own photos, or was it just? No, not really. Yeah. You know, I'd say I was more influenced by art forms and you know graphics and design and things like that. Yeah. Um, there's a few photographers that I really like. The first art photography that I became familiar with was Diane Arbus. Oh, cool. I mean, yeah, I really, really like her stuff. You yeah. Know? But, you know, I never wanted to emulate her. She already right. did it. Yeah. You know, that's like, Thank you. to me. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I like Mary Ellen Mark. She's great, too. Yes. But, um, you know, somebody said if I had advice for photographers, it's like, you know, do something interesting, do something creative, have a vision of your own. Otherwise, right. it's just like nothing. Yeah. I, it, it's kind of become this joke. It's like uh, photographers will start following me and I'll look on their page for a photograph down a road. Talking about that. Like, yeah, where's the road? It's like, you know, no offense, but it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, you know? It's like in the, in the way that technology has uh, has progressed. But back then... You know, I mean, the, uh, clearly the photographs that you've taken were done with a lot of heart and passion and talent. You know, because it's you can't just you can't just snap I was in the middle photo. of that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's what I I've actually said that before that even when I was in a, a pit getting knocked sideways, I was still trying to compose the photograph. Right. Like compose it, yeah. not not just shoot You're not just a, another picture. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I walked. I was standing behind somebody one time and they were holding the camera up and they were holding the camera up and holding it. It was about two minutes mm-hmm. and I'm just standing behind him watching and all of a sudden click and it was like there was nothing special going on no. that you just, you're like wow. <laughs> it was really strange. Did you say that to him? Oh no, no. no. I just, I just observing it from behind and I was like, like oh, what the hell did you just take after all that time? I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of strange. Uh, you know, I used to shoot music 
to the rhythm of the music. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, and then you capture the highlights, like, da-da-da-da-da-da, boom. Uh, and yeah. it's like, that's when you shoot. Exactly. And I used to try and photograph, uh, like, singers when they were holding a note. Mm-hmm. Because if you just shoot randomly, they're making, like, right. you know, it's that's a strange phenomenon about photography is you take a still photograph of somebody when you're speaking, and it's like, Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't just make a face like that to say hello. I did not. I swear, yes. I, I didn't go like that, you know. Yes. And, and it's just crazy, the faces like you get when it's like, <laughs> my, my my nose wasn't over here, my lip touching it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's making these on. weird, it's a strange thing. It's crazy. I was pretty good about not getting uh, people, even when I'm shooting bands and stuff, of not getting people to blinking. I was really good. You know, when you're photographing like five people in a group, you're watching them all at the same time. You right. know, you got to pay attention to the composition and what everybody's expression is and, you know, and their eyes. Here's a good trick. If you're ever, like, if you have to photograph, a, you know, a hundred people, especially, like, if it's outdoors, mm-hmm. especially, and you're using bright light and stuff and people are squinting like, you know, moles or something, you just have the whole group sit, close their eyes Wait a second, okay, on the count of three, open. You go one, two, three. Mm-hmm. It's kind of effective. Bowie. Um, Bowie, <laughs> yeah, I, you're I, talking about Bowie. I, I was into Bowie really early on. Yeah. I was buying all kinds of uh, import copies of records in the late 60s and stuff, and I bought his Space Oddity record, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. And um, then I bought Man Who Sold the World, the drag queen cover. Yes. I had the one with the turquoise dots like and stuff. Like the very Greta Garbo. Pupils. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that was yes, the yes, import yes, yes. copy I had. And then I had the drag queen cover mm-hmm. and of Man Who Sold the World. I love that record. I love that cover. It was a very, I think that's, he was intentionally, yeah. I think yeah. he was intentionally going for like a Greta Garbo, like very, oh, yeah. you know. It yeah. was perfect. It was perfect. And then uh, I actually... Uh, Sought out and bought a brand new copy on open copy of his uh, London album of David Jones, mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. first record. London Boy. Well, no, the London Boys was on that. Yeah, no, uh, I'm Laughing Gnome. Hmm? Was it the Laughing Gnome record? I think that was one of his first two when he was still David Jones. Before they Laughing m- Gnome, I don't know that. Yeah, before they but, changed to, they made him change his name because of the monkeys. Yeah, good idea. I would have been. Anyway. <laughs> he said Bowie, like a Bowie name. Yeah. So, okay. so um, Mm-hmm. And then uh, I wasn't into him quite so much, and he hadn't come over to tour, and I was kind of like, you know, on to other stuff, sort of. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of bands' first record. That's their best effort, and it's like virtually always downhill from there. It's a really strange thing that, yeah. you know, their best effort goes into their first record. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, well, then the record companies, and I don't know. It's Before just, they learn how to really play, you know? Yeah. I like that, though. It's you not know. as contrived. Right, right, completely. You know, I, like, I, I, I think that the art world, there's great stuff being done, but I think in general, the art world, it's like people sitting up late at night, like, what could I do to be cool? What could I do to be cool? <laughs> that, to me, just most stuff just reeks of that. It's yeah. like, sorry. It's yeah. like, uh I get that. I completely get it. You know, and people make money to make art off of it is kind of the wrong inspiration. And to you, me, it's like people calling themselves artists is kind of like, hmm, who deemed that? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, history will tell. Right, That's right. That's kind of my opinion of it. It's the ulterior motive, you know? It's like, yeah, when like, you do things, you know, of course it's LA. It's like um, mm-hmm. 98% of people are, you know, Things are very skewed now. I mean, I guess it kind of always has been, but you know, even more so now, as people are just—they just want to make a buck. They don't want to 
really make true art. They just want to make things that will sell. It's yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's good in it's, its own it's, way, in a way, yeah. but I think it's the wrong inspiration. Yeah, definitely. So, out of you have photographed so many incredible um, musicians, figures in pop culture. Who are some of your favorites? What were some of your favorite shoots, personally? And we've done like X, Gun Club, Nick Cave, um, even Ice My Cube. My favorite yeah. shoots. Yeah. Mm. What were those like? I mean, like stories. Well, I don't know, you know, doing the, coming up with the concept of how to realize the Black Flag damage cover was fun, and that was cool shooting that. Mm -hmm. um, I had photographs where his eyes were glowing red from the flash, and I can't find him. I just want to cry. No. I haven't seen him in over 35 years, Jesus. I think. But they were amazing. They were better than the damage cover. And the band says, oh, this is too demented. And I was like, it's called damaged. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, it, it's so upsetting to me to see those horrible reissues of damage. I see those and I just cringe. It's like, yeah. that's not my photograph. What the hell did you do to it? You know, black, washed out black and white, not even good black and white. Why don't they contact me? I could provide them with a beautiful black and white one if they want to do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I saw a, uh, what's the name of that dumb band? Nickelback. Yeah. Uh, Nickelback damage parody that was a hundred times better than any of the reissues. Jeez. And it's like, look, they used a good one. This looks nice. Mm -hmm. You know, but anyway. Um, you know, shooting Timothy Leary was fun. Yeah. Um, the very, very first photo I took of him, it's the one I liked the best. Mm -hmm. I didn't shoot very many. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I don't know. I, I don't. There was a few people I wanted to photograph and didn't get to. I would have loved to photograph Caroline Stockhausen and John Cage and William Burroughs, but that never yeah. happened. Yeah. What was? What were these? You know, what was it? I guess I'm. I feel like I'm coming from like a um, such a millennial perspective. I mean, I am because I'm. You know, I was. I wasn't there. I wasn't around. But these people, like Jeffrey Lee Pierce, you know, talking about the Gun Club, mm -hmm. people like that. What were? What was? What was he like? What was the, those shoots like with with them? Oh, it was fun. No pressure. We're just like hanging out and running around trying, you know, shooting stuff at different locations. Mm -hmm. It was all like virtually all in Hollywood, which was funny. Yeah. You know, Jeffrey's mom, she still has a place, but she lived right down the, like, you know, a couple blocks from the whiskey. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, we shot in right there on Highland. By the way, it was like uh, a lot of those shoots all stem from uh, their rehearsal studio, which is right across the street on... Uh, Highland on Selma from uh, Hollywood yes. High, yep. and that's where they rehearsed. And so the Baptist Church is just like a stone's throw away from there is where we shot the. That's where that that's my favorite photo. My favorite yeah. photo of the Gun Club is that one in front of that church there yeah. on like Las Palmas. Yeah, yeah. I've intentionally Selma. Yes, is yes. that Las Palmas on the North South Street? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Las Los so Palmas and Selma right yeah. there at the end of at the end of it. Yeah, I, rem I remember when I first moved to L.A. and I was so, uh, you know, all the, I had been into punk rock since I was like 12 or something. I'd mm -hmm. gotten into it. And I used to uh, steal library books, punk library books. And I would, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was reading because I, I just, I was like, oh, I just want to keep this. So I would just, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, little klepto kid. Um, 
But I would read these about, like, the gun club, and I'd read about the mask, and read about all of these, you know, and, like, your name came up, of course, in, like, some of the books with photography and stuff, so I had, like, this idea of who you were, but, of course, I didn't know who you were, and, and I was still literally, like, a, you know, 13 years old or something, but I was just remember being so fascinated by reading about all the history and all these things that happened, and so mm. when I first moved here one of the first things that I was doing was scouting out like, oh, that's where that was taken. And that's where oh, that yeah. photo was taken. Because <laughs> then the Baptist church was one. I was like, that's where my favorite gun club photo was taken. Uh, I'll have um, to show you, like, you know, I shot probably 20 of them on the Porsche that day. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's I cool. Think, I think that maybe, I don't even remember. There's, there's alternate ones, some couple of horizontal, couple of vertical ones and stuff. Yeah. Well, they were all just so freaking cool. It's strange that a lot of these records that I'm worked on, they're all uh, turning forty right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's reissues of you know like crazy. I I wish the hell they do damage properly. It's like come on. So they didn't consult you. They didn't get Never. nothing. I haven't talked to any of those guys. The last time yeah. I talked to Greg Dinn was 1985. The last time I shot Black Flag, yeah, we were in my studio and around the brewery and I shot them there mm-hmm. and that like I haven't talked to him at all since then yeah you know, I've seen Henry on and off but yeah he's got nothing to do with it what was shooting Nick Cave like how did that come about um I photographed him uh, uh, it was on the set of the IRS record company's cutting edge show mm-hmm. and I was a still photographer on there and they were interviewing him at uh, on the porch at Chateau Marmont Mm-hmm. And I was shooting stills. I shot quite a few of them. A lot of times I wouldn't shoot very many stills. I did, you know, I always kind of stayed out of the way. Those are some great photos. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've got some you haven't seen too. I just, yeah. Um, that was the case with my photographs of Robert Fripp from King Currenson and uh, Tom Waits. Yeah, um, Waits. When I photographed Tom Waits, I took three frames. Yeah. I walked up to him and I did one horizontal and two verticals and then I walked away. And they're all three printable. And I was talking about not getting people's eyes closed, but actually I have one where his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And it it's a nice photo. It looks like he's thinking. It doesn't look like I just you know, or <laughs> anything. Just it, it, yeah. It's just kinda he's got his head tipped a little bit and his eyes are closed and it looks like he's just, you know, thinking. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a bad photo, especially considering So the epitaph days. Yeah. Well, when Tom Waits was the epitaph. Oh, that was way before that. that. Yeah. Oh, way before. That was okay. Eighty-five. So now he got. He got that. signed an epitaph way later. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked when that happened. It's crazy. Did yeah. you go yeah. to? The, did you go to the mask? No, I was no. good friends with Brendan Mullen, but that yeah. was kind of before my time. I think I went to a quote-unquote mask reunion or two, that kind of thing. Right. You know, so. It's crazy. It's the so. The original one, no. I I kind of missed the whole first wave. I was there from the beginning of the birth of hardcore. Yeah. You know, I, that's when I showed up and started shooting. Right. I actually worked on 80 punk rock records before the end of 1983. Damn. Yeah, it was crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. I remember one month there was supposed to be 12 records come out with my stuff, but scheduling and printing and stuff, it didn't happen, but it was supposed to have happened. There's like 12 records in a month. It was crazy. That's a lot. But yeah. that's a testament to talent and art, you know? When you... Yeah. When you put um, your work yeah. ethic where your passion is. I, mean, I always say good, do good work and people will find you. Exactly. You know, it's like most photographers are kind of pushy. Yeah. And it's like that's really obnoxious. I get that. 
Since, um, like, that theory is, like, if you build it, they will come. If you do something yeah. that's from the heart and, yeah. I've actually, uh, I've never ran an ad. I've never asked for work. I have an unpublished phone number. And I use funeral sympathy cards. All I know, time. I love it. I gave I you love the, it. Envo yes. the envelope yes. rocks them. I used them for like years without the envelope. Deepest sympathy. Yes. Right. We'll show the we'll show the listeners here. And um, so it's deepest sympathy. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I've been using those for many, many, many years. So cool. Um. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Um. Not running ads, not yeah, running I any never have, like I that. never asked for work. It all just came yeah. to me. You know, I'm kind of lucky, but I was also hopefully doing good enough work that that's... Brilliant. Yeah, I've done some strange record covers, too, besides, like, you know, stuff that I'm known for. Yeah. I did an album cover for Adrian's Med from T.J. Hooker. Mm -hmm. I did an album cover for this guy named Lewis. That was his pseudonym, Lamore by Lewis. Lamore by Lewis. Yeah, a guy named Randy Wolf. He screwed me over for the payment. Jeez, dude. Yeah. That sucks. Well, it's the biz, I guess, sometimes. I'm staying at the be... Beverly Hills Hotel. Yeah. It's craziness. What were some of your... What was... You photographed also one of the most iconic images of Exene from X. Oh, yeah. What? what so casual about it. This is massive, maybe to me. Um, um, I, I just yeah. had the idea to photograph her like that with yeah. her arms crossed. I've seen, I, I've actually screen captured a couple of Chola chicks that are doing that. I wanted to send them to her and go, hey, look at this. <laughs> I'd never seen anybody doing it before that. Yeah. And I uh, actually took a piece of a sheet. Mm hmm. A torn piece of a sheet and four thumbtacks or something with me when I went to see him. That was 1979 at the Whiskey. I shot that at the end of 79 and made the graphic design out of the photograph in the very early 1980 when mm -hmm. I did that. Yeah. I should have done more of that kind of stuff with my, you know, art background and stuff like I did the TSOL EP yeah, yeah. cover and, and I did the uh, super heroines uh, cry for help the same way with the stat print and the high contrast and actually uh, Johanna Wimp's hyena album I did the same way mm -hmm. but then I wasn't you know you know there was a, a lot of graphic designers around to do that kind of stuff back then either you know right how did so what was the process how did you how did you do that Oh, I, I took a photograph and then uh, actually took it out to Bomp Records where Lisa Thatcher from uh, Frontier. Frontier and Diane Zincavage was working for both of them, a graphic designer, and she had taken my blurred bad color photo of the Circle Jerks and, and turned it into a stat print and then mm -hmm. colorized it and did that group sex cover, which was, uh, you know, really, it came out great, but it was kind of salvaged. Yeah. You know, and I learned from her doing the, the stat print on a stat camera, and you could size it. And so I took a, a TSOL print over there then um, asked her to make me a stat print of it and blow it up. She made it to like 12 and a quarter because it was intended for that 12-inch EP. Yeah. And actually, I think I added black paper to the top, if I recall right. Mm -hmm. And... Um, then I touched it up. It was a, like a stat print is a high contrast with no gray tones. It's black and white. Mm 
it loses, it just becomes a total high contrast print. Mm -hmm. Things will fall out. Actually, Bill Bartell from White Flag, rest in peace, he was wearing a shirt that said punk sucks. And a lot of people thought it got censored out, but it just disappeared in the high contrast stat print. Oh, you know, okay, it, yeah. It, it just disappeared. It, like, it would have been really cool. You know, she could have made a different contrast print and cut it out and laid it on there before it went to the copy cameras, mm -hmm. how this stuff, it was all laid out and stripped together. And then it was photographed on a large format copy camera to create a negative to do the half tone from, to print from. Yeah. You know, it's a whole different process. Yeah, completely. And, uh, so back yeah. then though, it's like with the, with things like the, the photographs, flyers, all of it, it was like, it was, there was, it was a real process, you know, and like it was something that you really kind of, you committed you, to you getting done. You yourself. You didn't go out and hire somebody. Yeah, or download and, an app and, well, kinda, you know, click a button. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your phone will do it for you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, then. it's like I was omnipresent. I was out at like four or five nights a week. I was out shooting punk shows yeah. all the time. And I drove in from Cabina. I drove and drove and drove. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, what was I going to say about it? Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. Rat row. Yeah, my train of thought just ran out of steam. That's okay. I, I forgot what I was going to say about that. Damn. Oh, yeah, the, pro the process of the prints and the way that it all... Oh... Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that a lot of people understand the process and what it was like. I, you know, doing like exposing film and what happens. You know, somebody said, "You got any more snapshots?" And it just like that. Just honestly, just pissed me off. That would. It's like that would piss me yeah, off. Too. Yeah, buddy. You know. It's kind of yeah, it's under it's like that's that's such undermining of what you know. Belittling it. Yeah. Totally. Like it, personally, I appreciate people like crazy being saying nice stuff, but great right. pick. It's so lazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I, I it's a photograph. It ain't a pick. It ain't a snapshot. I like to deem them photographs anyway. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's like great pick. It's really it's like as nice as it is. It's kind of like not like I yeah. hate. Uh, social media where they say rip 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 you can't take a second and say rest in peace no, right it's rip 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 right. everybody rip and it's like yeah we know they're dead you know it's like come on mm -hmm. you know get a life no yeah. pun intended yeah exactly i think it's lazy and rude yeah. to say rip it's and it's but it's it's like with the photographs with all of it's, it it's not like just you just my opinion no i agree i agree yeah, yeah no we've we've gotten very lazy as a culture it's like, you know, what you have done, your work, you know, it's not like you just kind of picked up your iPhone and went, hey, cool, here's a photo, I'm a photographer. It's like you, your work was done with so much of a process and heart and just this artistic mind. So I totally get it. You know, I would be, yeah, like you're saying, as nice as it is, wonderful people like your work, it is. It's just yeah. a little bit, you know, hey, that's a wonderful photograph or that's, you know, it's something. Yeah, it's, you know. Burbage. It is what it is. You know, is I appreciate important. people saying nice things, though. Yeah. It's very cool that, that people say, I had my stuff, you know, all over your walls, you know, or, you know, whoops. Yeah. You know, people would say, like, I had my photo, or, again. <laughs> uh, people would say, I had your photographs all over my bedroom walls. Mm -hmm. And this one guy, he, he said his dad took the picture of the angry Samoans group photo off the back and had it blown up into a poster to put up in his 
office and it was like wow weird you know it's kind of interesting hearing these stories that's awesome i mean you know it's it's not to undermine you at all it's like you have done some of the most you've you've captured some of the most amazing moments in punk history and that's not a small feat like yeah it's amazing thank you yeah great pick just kidding (laughs) yeah exactly exactly it is what it is. It's crazy. But we're so glad that, you know, you're around. You're able to come on the podcast. Are there any other stories or anything that you want to share about different uh, photo shoots or or just anything at all? Mm. I don't know. I, uh, like, you know, like, say, when I was talking about photographing Tom Waits, it's like I knew I got what I wanted and and like when I shot that picture of Ice Cube uh, if you know the one where it's just like looking like that that I spent 60 seconds taking that photograph yeah and it's like I did it wasn't two minutes it was 60 seconds I took a 10 photographs of him had him put his chin down and I was like click 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 and done and uh, I think I shot two Polaroids and didn't look at them the Mm -hmm. whole process it was like one minute I'm not kidding I had a light and a stand and I had my medium camera and I just had I had him move over I was shooting him at a record kind contract thing and Mm -hmm. I had him just sit on the arm of a chair to get a blank background wall behind him and just told him put his chin down and I did 10 photos yeah and uh, used it for his greatest hits package I wasn't supposed to take it. Mm-hmm. The suits walked back in after they were, the suits were gone. They walked back in and go, what are you doing? And I was like, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, can I take a picture? He goes, sure. Mm-hmm. I still got his old business card. That's cool. Yeah, he was an interesting, smart guy. I liked him. And and it went on to prove true, too. Yeah. I photographed Easy with a shotgun in his mouth and a big cloud of smoke behind him. He was a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, what is the craziest, what's the craziest thing that you've encountered? Oh, modern politics. <laughs> I think we can all agree uh, with that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, with the- uh, like, I don't know. Oh, there was like this is one of my favorite like music industry stories. Is like when Easy was in my studio. Actually, I had this sculpture I made in nineteen eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. It's an antique Ku Klux Klan outfit with mm-hmm. a worn-out Levi's and cowboy boots and work gloves hanging from a noose. Yeah. And it's called the Wellhung Klansman, and I made that in 1987. Like and when Easy E was in my studio, he was videotaping it, and I never heard anything about it, like, you know, getting used or anything. I was like, oh, great, what are you going to do with that? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, when he was there, I said, oh, I really like the way you sample the last poets off the ride on soundtrack, and real niggers don't die. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like, what? <laughs> it was like, yeah, I knew what he sampled and where it came from and stuff. And that was before rap was any. That was like right after gangster rap broke up. Yeah. You know. Crazy, but you knew what you. I mean, you did your research. You called. You you got it. That's. Yeah. A, I photographed Run DMC. I've never printed any of them. Uh, Ice Cube, Easy E, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. uh, Ice T, mm-hmm. uh, a couple other ones. Amazing. He's been all, all over the board from punk to hip hop. I mean, yeah. well, I these... posted that photo of Shaka Khan and then like uh, Mickey yes. Dolenz and then the animals. It's yes. really funny. And you know, somebody said, You get around. It's like, Hey, I was shooting for 40 years. You did everything. You know, when were there, was there ever like, um, 
so it's my podcast sometimes I'll have like a list of like people that I really want to have on were did you ever have like this like a list or, or any kind of process where you're like I really want to photograph this person and this person and um, well I kind of said that with the Carl Heinz Stockhouse yes. and John Cage and yeah. William Burroughs yeah those that, that the ones that I would have liked to photograph yeah did you ever get a hold of them or did you just not no I never them? tried to and yeah. Meryl did yeah you know I met John Cage before mm-hmm. or right right about actually when I started doing photography and I didn't have my camera with me yeah you know and, and it's like a lot of times environments are like you know what you know, I'm creative and pretty quick, but it's like this environment sucks and I'm not really inspired, so it's like there's no sense in bothering to take any photos. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if it's like a paparazzi snapshot, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, who cares? You got a picture of them that sucks. You know, yeah. it's like. It's the back of their head or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. there was a, a post of a picture of the, a picture of the back of Ian Mackay's head from. Minor yeah. threat, and it got over three thousand likes, and it's like, huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's really weird. That's why it's wild. There was nothing special it reminds, going on in it. Reminds me of like the rancid, like the outcome the wolves cover. You know, it was just like sitting there on the steps. That's uh, a good picture. I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked it. Um, but a couple last good questions. <laughs> a couple last questions. Um, Sure, you've been asked this a million times. Advice to aspiring photographers, um, people getting into the arts. Advice to yeah budding photographers. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of mentioned that you should, you know, do something original, yeah. create your own style. Don't copy. Stand out. Um, you know, when when somebody's already done it, if you're not going to put a spin on it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do something with it, then there's no sense. It's just straight copying. And, you know, people say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And I've always said imitation is the sincerest form of unoriginality. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It, it's like, you know, somebody else already did that. Right. You know, and you're claiming you're doing it's something taken. cool. It's like, I don't know. Completely, completely agreed. Um, that, and then... One more question, and this oh. is a question I ask, it's a curveball I ask at the anime episodes. If you could be any character from The Wizard of Oz, Uh-oh. <laughs> who would you be and why? Um, I, I can't recall the, the characters. I'll just say that. Oh, wait, oh, the, 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 the lion and the tin man stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Never thought <laughs> that. that is a curveball. Yeah. Mm. Like Toto would fit in here. All <laughs> yeah. the puppies. So I let's see. This is Tin Man, the Scarecrow. Scarecrow, Tin Man, Dorothy, Wizard of Oz. There's the Good Witch, the Bad Witch, um, Cowardly Lion. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It'd be the Bad Witch. The Bad Witch. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. She wears some cool stockings. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I well. When, and when, where can people, um, the website, um, how can people find you online? Social media, or the so-so media, we call it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. I do not Instagram, go on Facebook anymore. All that stuff. 
understand. They became a bunch of idiots arguing with a bunch of morons. I don't go on Facebook too much either. Yeah, anymore. I don't. I cross post on it there, and I, I, I've heard that people are saying nice things about my work, but it's like I just, I, I, I stay awfully busy with, uh, you know, Instagram alone. You mm -hmm. It keeps me pretty busy just trying to keep up. I can't even keep up with all the messages I get either. Mm-hmm. I get it. It makes me feel bad. It's like, I'm trying. No, it's okay. You're one person, you know? But yeah, that's true. You yeah. Know, it's, it, it, it is me you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. That's not... Uh... Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Any last any last words for, any, for, the, for the viewers, listeners? Um, I want to thank you, Kat, for having me on. I appreciate your interest in... My work. Absolutely. Very kind of you. Fun. I'm glad we finally got to do it. We've been talking about this for a while. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, a thought that I've had that by making subgenres of the human species is what caused racism. If you looked at your fellow humans as simply a fellow human being, that I think people's attitude would change quite a bit. Wise, wise words. Absolutely. And on that note, this has been... Thank you. Calling.